Well, here we are in week number two, and it is such a blessing to be here. I am being, just meeting so many folks who are gracious and kind and supportive. Um, it, it feels good to begin again, in a way for me, which is the focus of our series of looking at the importance of knowing that we get new starts. And I don't know, but sometimes life can be really hard. And we can get lost in the pages of life. We're trying to act in ways that honor God and bless others, but sometimes things happen that are harmful and um, unbelievable things can be happening in our lives related to our health, our care for others. And sometimes actions of hurt are placed upon our own souls. So my hope today is that we might pause again and ask ourselves, how am I doing? And might today be just a great time to pause and begin again. Remember we talked last week about my experience with the conductor who after we were learning new music and it was sounding terrible, things weren't going well, he took the time to go with each section and each gifts and each ability until we are learning it better. Always spent more time with the trombones than anybody else, but that's, that's another story. And, but we came together and we started to play and it and to hear those words, let's begin again, is just a way of saying it's okay. To be human means we're limited. And sometimes we think we're not allowed to be with limitations. And in Scripture, when we think we don't have limitations, that's when we get in trouble. So today, may we remember that the Good Shepherd that guides us, that the 23rd Psalm is there to remind us how to live life today, not only the future promise that God provides, food and the protection, journeys with us through the difficulties. And in Lamentations last week, we, we looked at uh, this writing that was written in a time of exile and, and hurt and torn from their homes, the lowest of the lows, and yet in the midst of that, and recognizing needing God, the words came out. But then yet, there's new every morning, great is thy faithfulness. So today we look at the reality that when we pause to think and see where we're going is that we're not alone. And in fact, today we're going to look about the, the reality that people around us, even though they may be different, are part of God's fabric, God's tapestry of meaning and blessing. So we look at the reality that God has created something that is diverse. And today's writing comes from Paul, who is writing to the church, a young church in Corinth. It's urban, it's affluent, it's diverse. This particular church has uh, those of Jewish background and some of those who are pagan background. They're starting from scratch. Now, just a reminder, here's a look at where Corinth is, some 40 miles west of Athens, on a narrow neck of land between the two gulfs. And this was a common place for lots of commercial uh, success. A very diverse city. And there were people from, known, from all over the known world at the time. Only a few hundred, a hundred and some years earlier it was destroyed, but then rebuilt by the Romans. And this city had become rich in movement, and what we find is that the city developed with an unapologetic love for things and pleasure materialism, hedonism. But the reality is that uh, love for things and pleasure has not gone away. Amen? We still, I don't know about you, but I like things. I do. 
and sometimes more than I should. And then sometimes I enjoy things more than I should. And Paul is writing to this church. Now remember, there is a, uh, the temple of Aphrodite there, and there were temple prostitutes, and the moral behavior and, uh, was wrecking the community. In this context, it seemed like an unlikely place to start a church. But boy, Paul understood that God was calling him to start a church to make a difference. And so it's in this context, diversity, wealth, um, conflict, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians a lot about the struggles of authority and who's acceptable and how we work. And um, you can just begin to see through the pages of Paul's desire for them to know how important it is that they see their uniqueness and celebrate that. And so I read today to you the text for this morning from 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. I'm reading from the message, which some of you may know this message is a paraphrase, but it gives us language to see it in contemporary language in ways that maybe we can think about this text in new ways. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they, are origin- they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that show, something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets, it, gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit into all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. Wise counsel, clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. All these gifts have a common origin, but are handed out one by one by the one Spirit of God. God decides who gets what and when. You see the sense of Paul calling the church together? And the problem is that we really struggle with the reality when things are different or unusual to us, it's hard to accept them. What traditions was this church bringing to this community? They couldn't pull out the New Testament to start reading it together. Their scripture was the Hebrew scriptures, the Torah. And they were starting to get letters from Paul and others that began to explain the nature of what it meant to follow the way. I found an article in Psychology Today, How Do We Learn to Appreciate Each Other's Differences? I think Paul could have written this. Well, maybe he did. Let's take a look. The article begins by saying we all live in diverse in a global world. This inclusivity often brings about uh, misunderstanding and conflict. Certainly the Church of Corinth knew that. However, the goal of diversity is to embrace the complexities and blessings. And rather than dread the change that inclusivity may bring. Paul writes his understanding that the community is diverse. But the diversity is found in one who created and guides it, invests in it, and celebrates it. One God, many gifts, many ministries, all of these things find its origin in God. And yet we struggle when things are different. The article goes on to say people or ideas that are different 
than our own create discomfort or fear. And um, it talks about the importance of how we understand this and how it affects you know, businesses. And maybe some of you have been that in um, inclusivity training or tolerance training. And some of the common things, the threads through all those training is we begin to first look at what are we afraid of? What do we fear? Why do those differences create tension for us, anxiety? And help people to move to the point of tolerance to accept the differences. But that's not enough, is it? You might look back on things that have changed in our culture and said, oh, great, now we have to not only um, acknowledge it, now we have to tolerate it. But then all of a sudden we find out that in this training, we're called to appreciate the differences. There's even workshops now called Beyond Tolerance, the idea of moving from tolerance to appreciation, to the richness. But this isn't new. Paul talks about it, that we have common gifts. It's not for personal gain. It's not for recognition from others. It's for common good. Corinth was diverse. People were from all over the world. Yet, Paul in his illustration, this chapter, continues to talk about how important we each are. In fact, he references the metaphor of the body as a symbol of the church. So can the... Uh, um, so the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you, or the hand say to the foot, I don't need you. Paul's having fun here to make sure we understand that maybe our small view of life, we're just stuck being the pancreas or liver or hand or fingernail. The article goes on to say, having a clear def definition of in the first place, what is diversity is helpful. And so it talks about, in reality, diversity encompasses race, religious affiliation, age, gender, sexual orientation, social economic status, and life experience. Each of these factors may impact how diversity is understood and viewed. The church has struggled with this. We get sure that we have an understanding. But yet, we have the sense that we're growing in understanding of the depth of appreciating everybody, not just even tolerating but appreciating. And they talk about three-stage diversity model in which it goes through three stages. And the first one is awareness. We have to be aware of our individual differences, but also understand how we are the same. And if you travel the world, it's amazing. I remember my first trip to Guatemala, and I was preparing for a mission trip. And, you know, here's this gringo standing, and it's different. I'm pretty much the minority, a new way of looking at life for me, and there was a lot of fear. But as the experience went on, I began to realize that this is a wonderful place with wonderful people. And I started to embrace the reality that the differences made it special, and the love was amazing, and I began to see they're not that much different than me. The laughter, the hurt, community. So this becoming the first sense of awareness of what's around me is an important part. Paul said that I don't want you to be ignorant about special gifts, spiritual gifts. You've gone through life and sometimes you've been misinformed or misguided, Paul writes. And, and there are different gifts, but it is the same spirit. Awareness. Don't be ignorant. It challenges us to move forward. The second stage is knowledge. 
not only do we become aware of the difference, but let's learn about them. What are the stories, the family histories, the languages, the customs, the values, the priorities? What, are the, what do you believe religiously? In other words, we ask about ideas and culture and rituals. Paul wrote, we are all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether we're Jew or Greek, meaning all others, or slave or free, and we all were given one spirit. The body is not one part, but many. Gets us to the third stage. It's one thing to be aware of. Then we're developing a knowledge and appreciation, but it leads us to the sense of developing skills that can create sensitivity and acceptance. Paul wrote, let all the gifts and ministry needs of the body may be healthy. You are important and needed. And so we, we look at the call for us and say, what, what skills do we bring? How do we impart the grace of God? Sometimes we're not feeling so hot about who we are. Maybe we don't even think we have special gifts to offer. Yet in verse 15, Paul writes, if the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that mean it is not part of the body because it is not a hand? Ever lack confidence in what you offer or think special gifts are more important than others? And yet Paul wants to be clear. Every gift matters. And sometimes we put a value system on some. And sometimes we think, well, preaching, that's important. Well, eh, I don't know. How many lives get changed from preaching? But I'll tell you, the members that show grace and love, compassion, pray with somebody, stand with them, acknowledge them, it changes the world. Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, what would happen to the hearing, right? If the gifts aren't given, if... If you're not called and allowed to express and be who you are, the body suffers. I can't help but think when I hear that the whole body was an eye. I think of Monsters, Inc. and Mike Wozanowski. I mean, just big eye guy. But diversity and allowing us to see that God's created special ways. In the Saturday service, we had balloons and we sang about how we're a rainbow and how we create the color and the beauty and that we're important. But what happens when you start erasing some of the color? Removing a balloon. It's important to be aware. It's important to grow in knowledge. It's important to develop skills that allow us to accept. But none of this is as important as moving it into action, consistent in our words and our behavior. And this is hard because sometimes we've grown up with a way of doing things and it's not very healthy. And maybe we're not even aware of it. And that's a hard part about learning, going past tolerance to acceptance. Sometimes the traditions and beliefs we pass down don't always have the sense of connecting with God's intent. And Paul's writing to encourage us to see that in diversity, God's special gift is given to us. The article actually has a story. A newlywed couple was preparing for a Sunday afternoon dinner, and as they were preparing the meal, the husband looked over at the wife and noticed uh, that she had cut off a portion of the roast. They had roast and vegetables. Cut off a portion of the roast and then placed in the pan, and he, he was kind of intrigued. And so he asked his wife, well, why is it that you cut off a part of the roast before you cook it? And she goes, well, I don't know, but my mom always did it. 
Well, she was intrigued, so after the meal, she gives her mom a call and says, Mom, my husband asked me an important question. Why, why do I cut off a portion of the roast before I cook it? And she goes, well, I don't know. It was just something my mother always did. Now, thankful to our story, Grandma is still around. So this mom calls Grandma and says, Grandma, I just noticed we were talking about this. You would cut off a portion of the roast before you put it in the pan. And then Grandma starts laughing. He says, this is funny because you know what I did? I cut the roast because I had such a small pan. <laughs> How often are we cutting the roast because we think the pan is too small? And in our faith, we don't realize the opportunity. And we've gotten into habits and we do certain things that don't allow our ability to be aware and to share knowledge and develop skills of inclusivity. So I ask, how is it with you today? Maybe we can find ways in which we engage God because the originator of the sense of diversity is a gift and learn to appreciate others, even if our understandings are different. And I know that we can, we can look at some beliefs and say, look how harmful that is. It doesn't mean you give up who you are. You can still be an agent and a witness to the grace and mercy of God. And you can speak into an injustice. But still in the midst of that, there's a sense that we understand that God can be at work in every soul, in every spirit, and everyone has value. Hear these words again that originates with God. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and all the kind and to all kinds of people, the variety is wonderful. I love how Peterson wrote this in the message. The variety is wonderful. But sometimes, personal, no, we, we don't appreciate the variety. Wise counsel, clear understandings, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. All these gifts have a common origin are handed out by one, handed out one by one by the one Spirit of God. God decides who gets what and when. Opening our hearts to diversity, appreciating differences in life can be difficult. Sometimes we stand on a biblical high ground of why we stand against a certain individual or people, or sometimes we stand on the higher moral grounds in which we say that others are not accepted. Whatever we do to banish or remove others, I think Paul's challenging us, you and me, to grow in our ability to accept the differences. We don't have to lose our witness in the process. We don't have to lose who God is. God's pretty durable. But can we bear witness in the light of that. And it just comes back to the sense of humility. Humanity means we're limited. C.S. Lewis said, true humility is not thinking less about yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Paul wrote to the church um, in Ephesus, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. I like that vision. Jesus said, love your neighbor. So how might we move together as a church in our life together, in our expression of life and grace into the world to allow diversity, 
to be creative, to begin to choose words and actions that honor God and allows people to be built up because that's why gifts are given. Edification, the building up, it doesn't come easy. Maybe the article talked about the next time that you go out for dinner is uh, don't sit in the same place or go to the same restaurant. These are ways in which we can, can see more. And I was thinking, was she talking about church? What if we didn't sit in the same seat next week? Not next to the same people. Have conversations with somebody new. Maybe in the midst of that, we can experience the blessings and the richness the one God who gives and blesses us all. It is a better way. Now, just in closing, chapter 12, Paul is intentional about speaking to the church about how to live and be together, how gifts are expressed and how that builds up the body. But then he gets to chapter 13, right? The love chapter. And he said, but I want to talk about a more excellent way all the value and the gifts and how important they are. He says, but don't miss this. There's something even more important. He starts talking about love. I can preach. I can give myself up. I can give all I have to the poor. But if I don't have, I've got nothing without love. And so he talks about the importance of that. So all of our gifts tie into our expression of care and compassion for each other. It's the quality of love that makes the difference. Otherwise, we're just a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. My wife and I were blessed to go on a renewal leave several years back, and uh, we went to Corinth. And here's a picture of us. And that's, yes, the temple of Aphrodite over my wife's head in the back. Um, this was ancient Corinth. And it's here that we took a moment with the group we were with to renew our vows. The year leading up to my marriage, I read 1 Corinthians 13 every day, nearly. Just a reminder the way that love doesn't seek its own way. It ties me back in the expression of accepting and caring for others, even when they're different. So I pray for us today to gain a deeper understanding of what it means to appreciate us and our differences and to seek to encourage the expression of who we are in ways that honor God and cares the world that God so loves. So what's the difference? The difference is what you and I can make. The difference is the gifts are from God. I'd like to give you an opportunity just to pause for a moment in prayer. I'd like to recite to you a welcoming that I've used, and, and I want you to hear the words I think that God speaks into our lives and that we offer to the world in which we are called to care for. Let's be in a moment of silence. You are welcome here. No matter where you've come from or going, no matter what you believe or doubt, no matter what you're feeling or just not feeling, no matter what you have or don't have, no matter where you are in your loving relationship with God and your neighbors, all of who you are is welcome here by a God who loves you knows you by name, and wants a personal relationship with you. Thanks be to God. Amen.